When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the sick podcast. Part of me actually hoped the Canadians were going to win this game tonight, even though it's a conflicting message because I've been telling you since the beginning of the season that I want them to lose games so they have a better chance at Connor Bedard. But my buddy George Larac, who's usually a contributor on Thursday nights, but he's going to join us tonight. Uh, George was um, George was saying earlier today that uh, you know what he was uh, by eight o'clock the Canadians were gonna this this game was gonna be out of hand and Carolina was gonna walk all over the Montreal Canadiens and all that stuff and that Carolina was gonna demolish obliterate the Montreal Canadiens. Well, uh, the Canadians had a lead, but as as you saw uh, late in that game. The Carolina Hurricanes tie it up. What an amazing overtime we saw. What an amazing shootout. And you know what? If Carolina was going to win, I guess it's fitting that Jesperi Kokkinemi scores the game-winning goal in a shootout. Carolina wins by a score of 4-3. to three. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by La Bite at TB, brewed in Quebec, winner of a dozen international awards. La Bite TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium Ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita DB, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. George Larac, what's going on? How you doing, Tony? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very, very good. You want to do me a, a favor to start off? Yeah. You're probably doing this on your phone, right? Yeah. Sideways. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forget we'll get the full screen. While you do that, I know that this look is killing on yellow, so hold on a second. <laughs> okay, this is uh, this is much better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't you say that the Canadians were going to get absolutely obliterated today? You said that, right? Yes, I did. I thought it was going to be a, a slaughterhouse tonight. Uh, Listen, you know, I, I like guys like you because I prefer people that have opinions rather than people who are afraid to be wrong and don't have opinions. <laughs> but... George, you played in the National Hockey League for 10 years or whatever it is, okay? 13. I don't 13. Pardon me. I didn't have your CV in front of me here or your hockey database, okay? You know as well as I do, anything can happen in the National Hockey League. It is the toughest sport to predict. 82 games, 41 at home, 41 on the road. Anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Look, the Canadians came within a hair of beating Carolina tonight. Within a hair. No, Tony, listen. Uh Often this year, when we think the Canadians are going to lose, yeah. they win. And when they play poor teams, they lose. Tonight, um, the thing is, Montreal have so many injuries. They have all the reason not to be able to compete against Carolina. They jumped to a fast start, and uh, they're flying tonight at Bell Center. It was amazing to see. You know, despite the fact that we know they're not going to make the playoff, if we, if it's this... if those are the types of games that we're going to watch from them till the end of the season. We're entertained. It was yeah. awesome. I yeah. never thought we we're going to have a, a good hockey game like this against Carolina. Carolina is a way better team. Yeah. And you see, like, the rookies, the young guys, the fourth liner, Montreal fourth liner that shined the way that they did. Pezzetta yeah. is playing amazing hockey. Yeah. Man, it, it was so good to see. And the, you're right. The fourth line was absolutely fantastic tonight for the Canadians. Like, really Really good, the fourth line. We saw a goal from Alex Belzil to give the Canadians a one nothing lead just over 10 minutes into the game where Pizzetta made a great play, took a shot on net, and Belzil was able to jump on a rebound, got it off his skate, put it on his stick, put it up and over Anderson. Mike Hoffman on a beautiful play by Jonathan Drouin. We're going to get to that later. 
Drouin looked like he had eyes in the back of his head on this play. <laughs> then Carolina battled back. They narrowed the lead to 2-1. They tied it up on a goal by Brady Shea. It was uh, Slavin, by the way, who narrowed the lead. Brady Shea ties it up at 2. Michael Pozzetta gives the Canadians a 3-2 lead. Uh, two minutes and 49 seconds into period number two, which was, by the way, a great play from Belzil to Tierney to Pozzetta. It was tic-tac-toe from your fourth line. It's amazing. Jesper Fast ties up this game late in the game. They go to overtime. What a save. What a save that um, that uh, Jake Allen made off of Seth Jarvis in overtime. What an amazing save, George. Actually, you know, Tony, the, both goalies did some crazy saves. Yeah, uh, to to save their team. Yeah, and uh, Jake Allen surprised me too because he was tested by a really, really good player, premier player. Yeah, and uh, he stood his ground. So, it, no, it was awesome. He did a good job. It's not his fault why they lost. And so many shooters in overtime, right? Like in shootout. Yeah, um, both goalies did an amazing job. It could have went either way. Yeah, the way that the game went, and uh, you know, in overtime. You know, we got the post, too. So, you know, this game was great. It, it was awesome. Carolina is fighting for first in division. They needed that win. Montreal is fighting for pride. The, yeah. This tonight shows everyone how the guys, they don't care about Bedard. They don't care about finishing last. They're warriors. They want to win. They're at home. They want to show everyone that count them dead that we're going to win tonight. Well, and, there's, something uh, else, you know, there's something else you didn't talk about, right, is that when you're late in a season like this or 20 games left, but you know you're not going to make the playoffs, between you and I, you can get away from the team game a little bit. Everyone's playing for individual stats too now, George, right? Right? Well, of course, Tony, towards the end of the season, you try to go for your bonuses too. But And also, it is easier to yeah. play games when you're out of the playoff. When you're not, you know, team that are playing against you, you're not a menace to them. Yeah. You're no more four-point game. Uh, whether you lose to the Canadian or not, it's not going to hurt you in the playoff. Uh, you know, it's not the same thing. There's less pressure. Coach could try things. Could like, you know, you could try some experiment with some guys playing the top line because it's okay. You try things that you're going to evaluate for next year. So yeah. again, some guys are really good when there's no pressure, but next year when pressure's back up, some of these guys the way they're shining this year, we'll see how they're going to be next year. Hey, people are watching right now on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live. Uh, Andy is watching on YouTube Live. George, he's very upset with you tonight. Very upset. Why? Uh, because he says that you cost the Canadians a first-round pick because of your uh, scouting report that you gave on Joel Edmondson. You came on the SICK podcast, what was it, about a month ago, and you told us that you spoke to somebody with the Edmonton Oilers, and you told them, buyer beware on Joel Edmondson. He's got a bad back. He's a declining asset. He's not as good as he was a couple of years ago because of that back. And Andy is very upset with you because, of course, the Edmonton Oilers ended up making a deal with the Nashville Predators, uh, acquiring Matthias Ekholm, and they gave up Tyson Barry. They gave up a first-round pick in that deal. I think they gave up also a fourth, I believe. Uh, they gave up a lot. They gave up um, they uh, they gave up forward prospect Reed Schaefer. They gave up a lot. George, you're screwing the Montreal Canadiens. You're you're hurting the Montreal Canadiens, man. Actually, Andy, let me let me answer this for you, okay? Just yeah. so you understand, Andy. We're talking about team in the NHL, National Hockey League. Yeah, you don't think that the the Edmonton Oilers they didn't know before I even said anything that Edmondson back is bad. He's minus twenty one, the worst with the Canadians because even though he's played forty games or forty two games this year, yeah. he's been playing with a back back, so he's not the same demon as last year. Yeah, you think the Edmonton Oilers scout they can't see that? If you really think that I'm the reason why they didn't pick him. They're the reason, and they didn't do their homework. They're relying on someone that is not even their scout to tell them what to do. You're crazy, Andy. Hey, hey, Come hey, on. hey, 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 Wait hey up. hold on a second. Hey, wouldn't it be the first team that a team picks up a player with a bad back? They did it with you. Well, you know, no, actually, Tony, whoa, when I signed with a Canadian, hey, I did a full George. physical. I did a George. full physical, and I was 100% healthy. Did the Canadians healthy. do it with you? 
Did you have yes. a bad back? No. I did a full physical when I signed, and it was 100%. You sure? I, I, I got hurt my first practice. Actually, you could ask Scott Livingston. In the physical with the team, I was one of the best ones, the physical that I did with the team. Hold with on the bad second. back, I couldn't have done any of the physical because, remember, the physical is like Wingate, skating. There's a bunch of stuff that we have to do. I was one on. of the best scores when I was doing the physical. So my back was not bad. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done physicals. It's the first practice that I Hold got on. hurt. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's call. Let me call Scott Livingston. Hold on. Let's see if he answers. Hold on. He probably does. You can ask him. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. No problem. No problem. Yeah, no problem. He's a good friend of mine, too. No. This would have been so nice if he would have answered. Well, Tony, you could always call him tomorrow, whenever. And that, and yeah, that. no, no, no. But this is this is a live podcast. This is this is different. Yeah, he, he might call you back since he saw that you called. I agree, Scott Livingston. No, no, no. I got his voicemail, unfortunately. All right, okay. So I okay. So uh, all right. So you, <laughs> you you you. So you were the best one in the uh, in the in the in the what the physicals the medicals? What were you? No, in the physical, I in was the one of the strongest, one of the best one. Oh, one and of just the... so you know, yeah. If I had a bad back, I couldn't have done physical because the physical is pretty testy. There's yeah. priority of tests that you do all day. So, so I did it all. What so were the chances? Hold on. What were the chances the Canadians acquire you? Eh? And your first practice, you hurt your back. Listen, my first practice towards the end of the practice, yeah. Like something popped. Like yeah. something popped. And I was like, what's wrong? I've never had that before. Yeah. I go in the training room and I'm like, my back, my groin, yeah. my whole body was like done. I couldn't skate anymore. So I went to see a doctor and he said, I have an herniated disc. My career was over. So my solution was to take cortisone shots. That's what I had to take to play. Whether I do that or I retire right now because I was done. And then I was like, I can't be done. So I took cortisone shot and I only played 60 games the next two years because of my back. That's what happened. Yeah. And, and when I got released, yeah, I didn't do anything for a year. So my back, like when you don't do anything, and I did a lot of abs and yoga to, and the fusion, fused back, and it straightened my back. And after one year, I was fine, and I ran two full marathons. So are you, you're planning a comeback in the National Hockey League or what? No, but you remember I went back to yes, play in uh, Norway yeah. and stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. went pretty good and stuff. So I was fine after. But unfortunately... When I came to Montreal, my own town, I've yeah. never got bad injuries in my career. After first practice, yeah. I needed this. And then it was so bad, my injury, that that same year I got diagnosed with a second annuity disc. And the team, I don't know if you remember, yeah. they didn't want me to say, they didn't say anything to anyone. The media didn't know about it. People were yeah. wondering why I was always hurt, why I wasn't playing, because we didn't, they didn't want team to know because they thought they could take advantage of me physically. I was like, Who's going to take advantage of me physically? I'm a tough guy. But anyway, when you, happened. when you, this is what I know. Okay. And I don't know a lot, but what I do know is that when you hurt your back, okay. When you hurt your back, you're supposed to, uh, you're preferable to sit upright in a chair, right. Than to lie yeah. down in a bed. I think you were spending too much time in those beds and those hotels with your pillow <laughs> and your back, your back never got better. Hey, is it true? <laughs> Now I didn't hear you say it, no but, problem. I, but I was hold on a second. But I was told you said it. Is it true? You guaranteed that Michael Matheson was going to get traded. Is that true that you said that? No, I said I had really good information that something were interested in him, and I thought he was going to go. I know that something were interested in him and asked me about him. Well, but, oh, oh, well oh, oh, some teams were interested in Michael Matheson. Well, C C Christopher Columbus, you discovered America. Who, who isn't interested in Michael Matheson in the prime of his career? Some teams were inquired with the team. They tried to deal with the Canadian to get him, but the price was too much to get oh, him. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Because they call, they, they the, Canadian, the Canadian probably identified two D-men to stay with the young corps because it's probably there could be another another rookie next year between Lane Austin or... Or no, they lost in the same college uh, between Mayu and wh whoever else, right? Yeah. But so they picked Madison and and Savar 
to surround all those young corps. But yes. Madison. But you knew that interested. already. They were going to do that. You knew they were going to do that already. Yeah, but the thing is with Madison, a team that was going to a team that was going to get him, you could get a guy that could help you win, if not this year, for the next two years after, because he has a okay. three-year contract, right? Three other three other years. So that's why teams that needs to win now. The windows to win, you have a guy that could help you in the next three three hey, years. Did, did, That's why he was an interesting guy for many teams. Did you see him flying tonight? Especially, hey, Michael Matheson is an amazing skater, but especially when you put him on the ice three on three in overtime, he was trying the Savardian spinorama. I don't know how many times. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't work out, but man, this kid is really really good i like him a lot I, i i'm proud to say i'm gonna do my barry horowitz here in the wwe remember when he used to pat himself on the back yeah. when he sent to the ring all right i love this trade the minute it was pulled off i thought the canadians had a steal and now everyone's talking about the canadians would have steal a shout out well you uh, know oh, you, remember, you, remember what, you remember what christopher latin said about him when he left in pittsburgh they were pretty upset he was upset that he left because he said he was very good in pittsburgh And yeah. people were gonna, people were gonna love him in Montreal. And Letan said that one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, you know if Letan said that, uh, that Madison was gonna be good. Everybody loved the trade in Montreal, especially the manager at Costco. <laughs> Why? Why the manager at Costco? Why? You don't remember the story with uh, uh, Miss Petrie who uh, went. Uh, on social media, and uh, she complained uh, that uh, she had a bad experience at uh, Costco because uh, uh, she didn't speak French. You don't remember and that? that? And she put that on social media? She, yeah, she put that on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, poor Jeff. I don't think anyone ever asked him about it, but, I mean, you know, when you play in the National Hockey League, I guess you would want, you know, your partner to be yes. off of social media. So, you you know, you already deal with enough in Montreal. but <laughs> Especially in a market like Montreal, you're right. That's too much. That's and so you, 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 you never heard that story? Like, where were you? Where, who were you? Were you incarcerated? Or were, what's uh, story? Were, you, were you away on vacation? You're at, you're at, uh, you're at uh, uh, Five Star Resort down south? Or where were you exactly? What were you doing? Well, just to let you know, Tony, I don't creep out into... Uh, like uh, players' wives' account like you do in their social media at night to find some of your information. I'd rather stick to hockey, man. <laughs> Good for you. leave their, their outside life, outside of hockey life, in their own hands. This guy's the best. <laughs> hey, a shout-out to Playground. Major poker festivals are back at Playground. The March Million features 10 ring events and $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, including... A 400,000 guaranteed main event play in Playgrounds March Million Poker Series from March 23rd to April 2nd. Visit playground.ca for details. Or right, Listen, um, I, I know that most people in Montreal, and we're going to get to a topic that I talked about yesterday, which is banning uh, fighting in hockey. I mean, if there's anyone to talk to uh, about it, I mean, I, I can't think of, uh, of too many better than George Larac and my buddy Chris Nyland. So we'll get to that in a minute. But Jonathan Drouin, what an amazing play tonight. And don't look now, but Jonathan Drouin, I, what is it, in the last 14 or 15 games is almost at a point per game. Almost at a point per game. I know that this was the unthinkable probably to ask you three months ago or four months ago or five months ago. But I'm going to ask you now. Do you think there's a chance that Jonathan Drouin We'll be back with the Montreal Canadiens next year. Him, on, who his contract expires at the end of the year. No, Look, no I chance. bet you, I bet no you, chance. I bet you, there will be members of the media and some fans who will now make a push to say, hey, Jonathan's turned it around. Jonathan's figured it out. Jonathan's playing center. Jonathan's finally got the right, he's finally no. comfortable with Marty St. Louis. No. no. Yeah. There's no chance, Tony. It's not going to happen. You know, This kid, he could be a great kid off the ice. The last five years, uh, he hasn't been working out with the Canadians. He hasn't been working out. Now we're talking about the last 14 game. What was he the other four years, the other five years, Tony? Like, we've been waiting for him to blossom yeah. out. People yeah. were waiting for, they were waiting for him just to cheer him on. They were looking for Quebec heroes to cheer on Montreal. Every year, there was a reason. Yeah. Every year, there's something that, that was wrong. And now, I just think that he had too many chances. 
and uh, they're not going to get blindfolded by a 14-game close to one-point streak. He's making 5.5 million, Tony. Yeah. Like, there's a production that comes with that contract. And yeah. years after year, he hasn't been there. Ever since he got hit in a playoff against uh, against the Islanders with yeah. Tampa, he's yeah. never been the same. He's never been the same when he got hit. He got rocked, like, on the blue line. You can see that on YouTube. Yeah. He's never been the same player since. Well, he's, you would think he suffered a concussion, you would think. And, oh, yeah. Uh, probably had a couple, and he's played shy since then because, George, you know as well as I do, being someone who injured his back, and you were you, you said you were taking the cortisone and you tried to play through it, you want to, you know, you know, you want to continue playing the game that you love, but you also want to continue earning a real good living that everyone earns in the National Hockey League, right? I mean, if you're not working, if you're not playing in the National Hockey League and you're working, uh, you know, in the media or whatever, yeah, don't, Tony, when you have to the disc, money. and you when you have to the disc, you fly, and then you you skate and you fight. Those are the worst combination to treat to near the disc. It was not good. There's days that I couldn't even stand up. I was ramping on the grounds. I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand, and I was playing the NHL still with that. And people that have been near the disc knows how much it hurt. Imagine being a heavyweight fighting with your back like that. It was not easy. That's why when I got released, it was a relief for my body because the more you take cortisone, the more you need. And, man, thank yeah. God I'm not addicted to it now that I'm retired. You know, you're right. Thank God you're not addicted to it. You're right about that, George. So, for those watching, what uh, what did you do for your back, George? I know you said you did yoga, right? Yoga, stretching, all that stuff is great for your back, right? What else did you well, do? Well, the first thing, uh, the doctor, when I I, I, went, I went to do, see um, Aina Zhang, she's a... Uh, um, I know she is. Hold on a second. She's a acupuncture yes. on, the, on the carry. Yes. She's the best acupuncture in Canada. She's, okay. Well, she, she saved my life. Her, hold she on a second. My life. Her specialty, and you correct me if I'm wrong, out of everything is really for fertility. Yes. Correct? Yes. She's the I, one that helps Celine out. Dion. Dion. Correct. You are good, to, man. Totally. I, so the reason why I know this, the reason why I know this is because... My eldest um, suffered an injury playing soccer. And um, what happened to him was that I was told that, first of all, he always, you know, his back always flared up. He had a little bit of a, 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 a scoli, um, what, is it, what is it called? A scoliosis, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he always had a little bit of a scoliosis, a little bit of a curvature. Uh, he He also had one leg a little bit longer than the other. And, um, you know, he didn't have the best flexibility in the world. I wish he would have stretched a lot more than he did. And I wish he would have started a long time ago. But basically, this injury now, um, I can't put into words what it is. But what I can tell you is that his hips shifted. Okay. His hips shifted and his back was way off. And I've tried a lot of things. And so most recently, now we tried chiropractor. So I did research on chiropractor and she came up on like most reviews and ratings and stuff that I did. She came up top three, you know, in the city and the province and stuff like that. You say she's the best in Canada. I didn't know that. Is she? Oh, yes. She's one of the best actually even in the world. And uh, she's so in demand. Tony, uh, I went to see her as a last resort because I was going to get surgery if uh, if it didn't work. And after 10 treatment, uh, I was fine. I couldn't believe it. There's so many people that have renewed this that I, I referenced them to her and she saved them. A lot of people because I start talking about it and I, have, I don't own that business. I have no cut for it. I just referred it to people that had my problem and she helped almost Everyone that went to see her, she is amazing. And my mom got uh, back surgery for near the disc. She stayed at my place for six months. I had to take care of her. I had to wash her, take care of my mom. I didn't want to go through surgery. So mm -hmm. I did acupuncture, man, yeah. and it worked. And then I felt so good after. I just did yoga, straightened my back. Tony, after one year, I gained like 100 pounds because I didn't do much. I yeah. started running. 
Yeah. I did five times Montreal to New York running. That's 100, 100 kilometers, a relay run. I did 100K five times, and I did two full marathons at wow. 300 pounds. Yeah. At 300 pounds with no pain because yeah. of the treatment I got for my Anazang. Yeah, well, listen, I would hope that our next 20 treatments are going to be for free, and I would hope that she's going to end up sending us a check of $5,000 because the last five minutes we gave her an infomercial. So it's possible. So what's going on here? Is it, is it, <laughs> well, Tony, it'll be a bit different from all the energy drink, beers, and all yeah. the stuff. At least you mix yeah. it in with some healthy stuff for the listeners. Yeah. Hey, this is, uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, and I've said this before, I'm not much of a beer drinker, but George, I'm telling you, La Bita TB, this is the 5.2, absolutely fantastic. I really, La yeah, what Eric, is it called? Eric Lavallee, always talking about money. Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty important to us, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Okay, why, why that name, La Bita TB? I, I, you know what, I, I don't, you know what I, that means? I, I didn't come out with the uh, the name, you know what that means. A, a bit is a bit or what? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, uh, Eric Lavallee is wondering why we're talking about money. Why shouldn't we be talking about money? What's wrong with that? <laughs> we both want to earn. We both want to earn as much as we can. What's right? Is there a problem with that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, uh, we're, we're talking about sponsorship, Eric, not money. Yeah. Sponsorship. Listen, yeah. Hey. Um, Fighting. Fighting, banning fighting. Okay, I, I have a feeling. Before I, I say anything, yeah. before I say anything regarding that, what's your take on the fact that uh, the the Quebec League is will forbidden fighting? What's your take on it? So I have a feeling we're going to disagree on this one here because you made your living um, playing hockey, but among other things, protecting your teammates, and I understand that, and I have a lot of respect for what you did. But this is what I think. I think in 2023, we have so much more information at our fingertips now than we did back in 1983. I also believe we have evolved as a society tremendously since then, or I would love to believe so. Um, Rick Rippon, Steve Montador, Bob Probert, Wade Belak, Todd Ewan, um, you name it, the list goes on and on, and I'm forgetting some. Um, I, I said Probert. Uh, John Cordick passed away, I believe, at 27 years of age, but in his case, you know, he was experimenting with steroids and with drugs, heavy drugs, cocaine. Tony. And at one point he fought. So what I'm getting at is the effects of fighting and the effects that it can have on your mental the effects it can have on your physical, the effects it can have on your, on on your overall health, um, and not to mention that not only the damage you can do to yourself, but the damage you can do to who you're fighting. George, okay. I I can't believe that no one's died from a punch in the temple yet. Okay, I fear that it will happen one day, and I hope to God that it doesn't. And I don't think this game needs this anymore, George. I'll leave you with a question and I'll give you an opportunity to answer. What's the best sport and the best sports league in North America? Just say it's NFL. Do they, do they rip off their helmets and punch each other in the head? What they do is way worse than fighting. What do they do? The hits, the helmet hits. All these guys that retired from the NHL, they all have that brain disease, Tony. Every game, the hits they get to the helmet, it's way more savages. The NFL is way more savages than than, than hockey. You see those kids playing football, Tony, at, at like 10 years old, 12 years old, they have concussion. It affects oh, their growth. Oh, it affects their growth. That it's I the know. worst sport for health. Yeah. No, no, that I know. But all I'm getting at is... The National Football League doesn't need guys to rip off their helmets and punch each other in the head Tony. to be a sport and a league that's loved by fans. I, Tony, I don't, okay, hey, stop, listen, stop, I hear stop, you. Stop, stop, stop. Okay, stop. I can't listen to this anymore. Okay, Tony. Okay, first of all, yeah. It's funny how everybody always mention about the tough guy that passed away in the NHL. Did you guys know that we're only talking about the tough guys, but what about all the non fighter? 
that died, we yeah. don't talk about them. We just talk about the fighters. Another thing, when we talk about the fighters that died, we forget to mention that they want coke. They want pills. They were yes. taking substances that over the, the, the years, it affects their brain and their physical. Do we forget that mm -hmm. back then when there was concussion, they didn't diagnose concussion. They gave him pills and they went back playing. That I so know. imagine I having know. a concussion from playing hockey because it was more physical back then, not good equipment to protect yourself, terrible helmet, taking drugs, taking cocaine, not sleeping, being a party, not working out. Come on, Tony. Don't talk to me about back then. Let's talk about today. Today, when I hear people say, oh, we gather information and we know the dangers of fighting. Tony, people, players, they don't get hurt. They don't get concussion from fighting. When you're fighting, you're out of balance when you're throwing punches. There's no more legitimate heavyweight that are just there for that. There's skilled players that are fine. They get a couple punch, they fall down, the referee comes in. Fighting is not like it used to be. Now, what's hurting guys is the fact that there's no more red line. Guys are full speed when they're hitting guys. They're hitting guys to the head. And even if you're not hitting guys to the head, the whiplash that a body check does gives concussion. Guys are getting hurt by cheap shots, body check, hits to the head, not by fighting. So if you guys all think, like you, Tony, yeah. that taking fighting out of the game is going to yeah. solve the injury, the concussion problems, Tony, keep looking at Rambos. Um, go see some figure skating, ballerina, whatever. You are dreaming, Tony. It's not going to solve anything, and you're going to see it. <clears throat> now, guys, they're going to be braver. There's not going to be any more codes. They're going to cross-check each other in the face because they'll be brave because they won't have to back up to the action when fighting will be completely out of the game. That's a mistake. Fighting's always been there. It's part of the game. It keeps going honest. It's part of the code. That's the way it's always been. Yes, fighting has been down. I agree with the fact that yeah. there's no more one-dimensional players that are there. Okay. But two skilled players that once in a while drop the glove to get some room and stuff, get their respect, there's nothing wrong with that, bro. All right, okay. So now you said your piece, and I knew you were going to go to defense for this, and that's fine. That's fine, okay? <laughs> um, did you just say to me that guys don't get concussed in fights? They get concussed other ways? Yes. There's no more today. In today's fighting now, there's no more concussion in fighting today, Tony. Back then there was with legitimate big heavyweights. Today, no more. Look at all the fights now. Tell me one guy that fought this year, last year, that was out for concussion for years. Okay, so no, I, 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 will, I will give you this. I will give you this, that there used to be a lot more guys getting concussed from fights than now. I remember Aaron Downey, obviously. Yes. And that was, what, 20 years ago. I, I remember Matt Johnson versus Andrew Peters. I, I remember uh, Evander, Kane, Nord, George Evander Kane versus Matt Cook. George Paros knocked himself out in that fight versus uh, Colton Orr, right? When yes, he lost balance. Colton Orr got knocked out too. Yes. Yeah. This is all with legitimate, like, tough guy that were just there for that. Yeah. Rob Ray knocked out Jim Kite with one punch. Uh, I, I remember all this stuff. But no, okay. So I'll give you this. There used to be a lot more guys knocking out opponents in fights. A long time ago, more so, but there also used to be a lot more fights before. So, right, more fights, more knockouts. Yeah. But, George. But Tony, Tony it's, it, it is part of the game, man. Like, it, yeah, it's funny because we, you know when that, we talk about fighting. But hold on a second, George. The red, line, the red line was part of the game. They took it yeah. out. But, but, Tony. It's not because it was part of the game. Like, you know, like uh, 30, 40 years ago, I mean, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, parents would discipline their child a certain way that 30 or 40 years later, I mean, we've Tony. evolved as a society. We don't do okay, that anymore. Tony. Okay, question for you. I love when you said that, and I hope everybody's listening carefully tonight. Yeah. You said we evolve as a society. Okay. Because we evolve as a society, we don't want fighting anymore. It's like 
we do polls and all that stuff. People are like, let's take fighting out. Okay. You've been to Bell Center when there's a fight? What happened when there's a fight? Everybody stands up. Uh, and, and, and Everybody and stands up. They clap. Do you hear people stand on their feet booing? No. No. But, but what's going on then? If it's so bad and we evolved, are you saying that every fans that goes watch NHL teams, they're all dumb then? They haven't evolved? Because each one of them on this, their feet screaming and yelling. So is the people that are against fighting, they're all at home? No one goes to the rink? Come on, Tony. I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't I didn't say that. You know, so now you're using okay. So I say we got to take fighting out of the game because it's dangerous, it's stupid, somebody can die, you can get a concussion. Uh it, it shouldn't be the focus of the game. The game should be hockey, this, that, whatever, and all that stuff. And you're telling me what happens when two people fight. Yeah, 20,000 people get up, they start standing, they start going crazy. They did so for Paul Byron versus Mackenzie Weger. Then Byron got knocked out and everyone was stunned and didn't know what to do. And people were like all sad and depressed. Uh, is it making better? <laughs> it happens, Tony, sometimes. Well, but you know what? Hockey is a physical game. Okay, how about that, Tony? There's more guys getting concussed from incident that happened outside of fighting than fighting. So because of that fact, should we tell all the parents, don't put your kids into hockey because they could get hit from behind. They could get body checked. I'd be willing to bet that some Tony, parents don't put their kids in hockey because they're fighting. It's a physical sport. There is danger even if there's no fighting. There's a lot of dangers. Hockey's hard. It's physical. Like, you could die with a body check. You could, like, get hurt. <clears throat> guys are getting hurt. There's big guys out there, Tony. Like, Hockey is a physical sport. It's not for everyone. And playing professional is not for everyone. I used to love it. That's the way that it is. I used to love it, especially as a teenager. I've said this story before. I used to have my uh, uh, VCR. I uh, used to have the remote control in my hand. And the second that Chris Nyland would jump on the ice or Shane Corson or Lyle Odeline or Todd Ewan or Mario Roberts or you name it, even Jerry Fleming played for the Montreal Canadiens once upon a time. Uh, anybody who could really defend themselves, I would hit the record button if there was a fight. And, you know, some of my favorite fights actually were, were Kordick and Miller, Cordic uh, versus Zemlak. He really threw down the, the old smackdown on him. But, George, like, it's just, you know, like, it's... We don't need this anymore in our game. George, George, we don't need this. We need skating. We need passing. We need shooting. We need do we have hands. it? But, Tony, do we have it? We yes. have the shooting, the skating. We have it all. Tony, fighting is way down. There's no more. The only legitimate heavyweight left is Ryan Reeves. All the rest of the guys that are there are guys that could play. McDermott's a heavyweight. Play too, but he's the, last, he's the last of the gladiator. After that, you'll never see a guy like him again. McDermott's that, a heavyweight. What's that? McDermott's a heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, he's a heavyweight. Well, he's heavyweight because of, there's no one left in the league. Yeah. But in my time, he'd be a lightweight. Milan Lucic's really strong, eh? Yeah, but Milan Lucic is a power forward. Like, yeah. he's not as fast as he used to be. And no, he can fight, not. but he's a power forward. Hey, by but the way, I don't know where I heard this, and I should tell you where. I, if, I, if it comes to me tomorrow, I'm going to call you. You know, I've asked you about, you know, fighting Milan Lucic and the fact that you, you didn't end up fighting him, and a lot of people were upset about it at the time. You came on this podcast, you explained yourself. You said, Tony, I really feel like if I would have, you know, I you know, with one – hold on. Didn't you tell me that if you would have fought Lucic with one punch, you could have killed the guy? Yeah, of course I could have. Okay. But Tony, now, first but, of all, but no, but Tony, just, just fight in the game. Tony. You remember, but Tony, just so you know, just so you know, Tony, just just the ends to get a rule. I try to engage him. He doesn't want to. If I jumped him, I start punching him. He's not dropping the glove. Front page of the paper the next day, Larac Savages gets 10 game for mauling a player. Do you think people will be happy then if I did that? Would, so they, pay I, my would they pay my suspension when I get 10 games? You know how much of a bad rap I would have? I would be a great example for the kids in Montreal jumping on someone that is not engaging. People that weren't happy that I didn't do that, Tony, are just plain stupid. Because you can't just jump on a guy if he doesn't want to fight. Those fists could kill someone. I'm a heavyweight. I'm not a lightweight. If I hit somebody in the head because he doesn't want to engage, I could kill him. I so, could go to jail. So people are like, oh, you should have jumped him. He didn't do anything when I was there. He didn't hit 
anyone. Yeah. It was so silent. Everyone was silent when they play against us. Like, again, usually when I would have jumped him if he took liberties on people while refusing to fight me. But he didn't hit a soul when he was here. Listen, when I, I, was gonna, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you something. You're one of the toughest guys in the history of the National Hockey League, if not the best fighter of all time. All right. You are in that discussion. You, Bob Probert, you're in that discussion. Okay. Um, having said that, a lot of people I've heard them say Milan Lucic didn't fight George Larac because he was scared of him. I'd like to give you my opinion on this. <clears throat> I don't think he was scared of you. I don't think Milan Lucic is scared of anyone. I think Milan Lucic is a silent assassin and too. Like he is a bad, bad man. His team was up in that series, a series that they ended up sweeping you guys in, which was the centennial year. That, and was, I think, well, that was regular season, by the way. Uh, was regular season. Uh, you chased them in the regular season. But then that was the year of the centennial playoffs, correct? Yes. I'd be willing to bet that if the tables were turned and the Bruins were losing three games to nothing or four games, th three games to nothing and down in game four, that he would have fought you. No but way. No. You don't think oh, so? He's not, Tony. The thing is, he's not. Hold on, hold on a second. Are you telling me right now tonight on Tuesday, March 7, 2023 at 1043 p.m. that you think that Milan Lucic was scared of you? Is that what you're telling me? I didn't say that he was scared. Okay, I I, th I said that he was smart. Chara didn't want to fight me, Tony. He was afraid of me. Chara is six foot eight. Like you remember, Tony? Like he was playing on the top line. Lucic. Chara fought you a couple of times. It was yes, nothing more he, than a wrestling fought, match. You know like me? Listen, I've I've chased Chara for years, uh -huh. and I remember I was in Pittsburgh. We're playing in Boston. We up five nothing in Boston. Yeah, and then when the face off. And then he has no choice. He's the captain. And it's like, George, let's go. I was like, oh, my God. I've been chasing this guy for 10 years. Now we're going. When we fought, he pulled the shoe. What that means? He pulled my jersey, going on his back, so I fall on top of him. So it looked like he lost his balance. I was so mad at him. I yelled at the referee, just give us two minutes. We're going again. I was yelling at him at the penalty bench. I was calling him all the names. And like, what are you doing? Like, if you want to fight, let's fight. Because... Pulling the shoot is a technique that people do yeah. so they don't get hit. That you just grab a guy's jersey and you go on the ground. So okay. you bring him with you and it's like, oh, it's a draw. So we fought again and he did the same thing. And then the referee's like, sorry, George, we can't give you two minutes again. So I was like, forget it. My teammates all laugh at him and even yeah. his own teammate laughed at him because he went back to the bench like this. Come on, guys. Like, like I did my job. And people are like, yeah, you pulled yeah. the shoot. When you watch it, like, yeah. you don't know hockey. You're like, you can't see that thing. But yeah. guys on the ice, you cannot like your teammates and people that you play against. And actually, I'll go even further than that. That day, that day that I fought him in yeah. the morning skate, yeah. he went to see me on the side of the board while I was practicing. Oh, really? And I was like, what does he want? Yeah. He asked me for a stick. <laughs> he asked you for a stick? He asked me to give me a stick my stick guys on my team were shaking their head they're like what shall i ask you for your stick in a pregame skate Are this you is sucking up to someone to make sure that oh he's so nice he asked me for a stick i'm not gonna hit him tonight are, are you, you kidding me are you, you do that in boston and telling of your teammates come on tony come on are you serious or what ask yeah, kobe ask kobe armstrong the story Ask him, he's on the media, he's in Sportsnet. Ask him about it, he'll tell you, remember like it was yesterday. Guys, don't talk to me about it. Zdeno Chara, like, he's not too many tougher than him in the last 20 years in the National Hockey League either, no. Physically, Zdeno Chara, I'm not afraid to say it, physically, he's probably the strongest player that I've ever played in the NHL, period. Of that course. guy could do 60 chin-ups. He, he was a workout machine. He was a he was so strong. The only thing though, he was scared. He didn't like fighting. Obviously, he's more valuable on the ice because he played 30 minutes a game. He was a very good D-man. Yeah. But he didn't like fighting through heavyweights. He didn't hey, like it. Hey, we established a joke tonight on the sick podcast. What's the difference between Zedano Chara and Tony Marinaro? Zedano Chara could do 60 chin-ups. Tony Marinaro has 60 chins. 
Oh my god. <laughs> That is awesome. That is awesome. It's awesome that you can laugh at yourself. That's awesome. Oh my god. That is awesome. Oh my god. That is awesome. Uh, I'm only doing it so I can get a sponsorship on the, uh, from uh, to lose weight tomorrow. Someone's gonna do some kind of procedure on me. But, but Tony, Tony, why don't you just get a treadmill, man? Get a treadmill. I have one here from MatrixHomeFitness.ca. I have one. I have one. Yeah, but there's still like this. There, there's spider web on it. You never use it. Hey, no, no, no. I use it, but I got to tell you something. I saw something on Instagram the other day, and you could tell me if this is true or false. The guy looked like he knew what he was talking about. He said that if you want to burn fat and you go on that Instagram, uh, on Instagram, and you go on that treadmill, do the incline of what I think it's a 12 or 15 incline and do that for about 20 minutes and that'll burn more fat than even you running for two hours on a straight mat. Is that true? Uh, see, I'm not a personal trainer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's true. I, Tony, I can, I run, but I've never done that. So I couldn't tell you, I don't know. I'm but Tony, I'm, I'm surprised that you do marathons though, because for someone who had a bad back, I've been told that uh you know speed walking is the best but running is very very hard on the so, joints tony, is that true tony you know you know why my joints doesn't hurt anymore when i run because you eat well veganism veganism rejuvenate your entire body your joint everything Listen, hold on a second. I'll, I'll stop here i'm not going to make a case for veganism or not but i will tell you this uh what you're referring to is inflammatory foods inflammatory foods hurt your body and if you can get those out of your system okay. your joints won't hurt anymore okay. because if that i've done research it, on yeah, but, and by yeah, the but, way you you if i can if i can you talk to me about the merits of intermittent fasting yeah and and you know i tried it for a bit and unfortunately i got off track which has been the story of my life i need to get back on because i was doing so great at it but i went two or three days 24 hours fast you, George, I want people to know this, okay? Yeah. I saw George at BPM Sports 91.9 on your FM dial in Montreal, Quebec's number one all sports radio station, by the way, uh, officially since, you know, May. Uh, it was a joke. Uh, and um, when I saw George there a couple of months ago, I gave George a tap on the back. I said, George, how you doing? And he looked like he was okay, but he looked, he wasn't the same, you know? And I said, what's up, man? I'm on my eighth day of fasting. How, how many days? <laughs> I'm on day eight. Just water. You didn't eat anything. Just water. You said, no, I was, you were just drinking. Just water. Al alkalized, alkali, uh, uh, water with, uh, some no, it was just water. no, just water, just water. Eight, I did it for 10 days, 10 you days, just water. So I said nothing else, you're like, just water. So I left the station and I start talking with my wife. I get home, and uh, how did things go at the radio station? Oh, it went good. This and that. I said, You're never going to believe this. I said, you, I'm doing intermittent fasting, it's going well. But I said, I just talked to George Lorac. He's on his eighth day. My wife goes, well, Tony, you're so stupid. I mean, he eats. It's just that uh, no, he, probably, nothing. He, probably, he probably purees his food and this and that. I said, no, 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 no. no. Nothing, nothing. And I called water. you. I called you in front of her, and I said, George, my wife is here. We're on speakerphone. How long have you been fasting? Eight days. Have you eaten anything in eight days? No. I just drank water. My wife says, did you puree anything? No. I just drank water water blend anything no anything no no just drank water eight days tony if you want yeah next time i'll do it because i do this about three four times a year next time i'll do it i'll bring a scale in front of you i'll weigh myself and i'll show you 10 days later i lose like 40 pounds why don't we do something you and i is there any way that we can like do it together at yeah. one point do you, how much do you think i i've done 24 hours you, you how much do you think i could last i'm the truth you it, it's mental i i think i think you could See, do my, a, my, my, my mental is not very strong tony i I'm, think it, tony if you do a week yeah you're gonna lose you're gonna lose you're gonna lose 
between 30 and 40 pounds if you do a week. Yeah, but then as soon as you start eating, you're going to put back another 50 No, because it's probably, it's probably Tony, water. Oh, that's it's not water true. Retention. Tony, that's not true. No? If you do this for a day or two, yeah. yes, water retention. When you do a week, <laughs> your body flushes down. There's oh, really? no more retention after. No. If you eat junk after, like you go back to your bad habits, then you'll gain it back gradually. But after you do this, you cleanse yourself, then you eat properly, you're not all going to gain it back. It's not true. Tony, after four days, your body has nothing in this. Your body has no food in this body. And now it starts eating your fats for energy. And that's all you're having gains. You're losing fat. You don't take it. You don't get your fat back when you start eating again. Yeah. And because when you your were, body eats your fat for energy after four days. And when you went eight days without eating, day three, day four, day five, day six, you were still going to the bathroom, eh? Yeah, I was. And you were still up. doing was, number two. Tony, I was doing number two every single day because your body has stuff in the intestine that only with cleansing that you could get everything out. And I was going to the bathroom every day. And And by the way, if people are listening to us right now, you, got, you need to consult a specialist to do this. Don't do this with just listening to me. I've done it many times, and I've consulted with many specialists when I did it. My mind is at ease, and I'm okay to do it. It's not for everyone. It's something very difficult to do, and it's not for everyone. So just so people hear this. Yes, we're yes, talking we're, about we're, this right we're, now, we're, we're but don't do this at home. If you don't see a specialist, because it could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, we're not doctors here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Last thing we wanted to do was get sued here, but uh, okay. Anyway, it, it's unbelievable. So you're you're lucky. But you, you want to do it together? You you you, together? you are. I I think we might have to live together. So like that, you know, like I'm not gonna go out and cheat and stuff like that. You're amazing. <laughs> I I still I still I I don't you know I don't I I don't think that uh, that uh, you know I I think Lucic would have fought you. No. If his team would have been down three games to no, nothing in no. game four, I'm, I think you would have fought Tony, you. I would have killed them if you fought me. You would have what? I would have killed them if you fought me. Come on. Why are you Tony, saying stuff like that? He's not in my league. Listen Tony. to me. You're my friend. I love you. I just told you I consider you one of the toughest guys in the history of the league, maybe the best fighter ever. But don't say that, that you would have destroyed the guy. Like, Tony, don't say he's that. Not in my, he's not in my league. The, and by the way, the toughest – Toughest guy ever is Bob Probert, hands down. Best you think so? ever. Oh, oh, best in history. Well, we never best saw Bob Probert versus may, George may Larac, so we won't know that. Was that? We never saw Bob Probert versus George Larac, so. Yeah, we did, but he was not, he was past his prime. He wasn't the same anymore. But in his prime, he was the best. He was the best. And in the, in your prime, you were the best. Well, I, I'm never going to self-proclaim myself anything. Thank you for the compliment, but I will... I'll let people make that comment. So I'll never talk about myself like that. So for me, if I talk about someone else, I'll say Probert was the best. All right. Good for you. Okay. So you're, you're, I kept you. Oh my God. George, 20 minutes, bro. Larac tonight. We've been on for like 50 minutes. You're, you're probably going to okay. We're talking about fighting. It was an important okay. subject. Okay. So, okay. so now, so now you made your case. Is this what you're trying to tell me that, uh, we don't have to ban fighting in hockey. It's no one gets well, hurt. It's always been there. All that stuff. Me, Is that what you're saying? It's going towards that anyway. It's obviously it's not my choice, right? I'm against the fact that we're banning it, but clearly, you know, that's where hockey is going into. But I don't think in the NHL it's ever going to be 100% banned because there's always going to be fist cuff sometimes and fight will happen. But in in juniors, they want to protect the kids. I do understand that a 16-year-old shouldn't be fighting a 20-year-old, so taking fighting out of the game will protect these guys that have not finished the full growth and could be really affected if they get hurt in a fight. I do understand some part of it, but I do know that in hockey sometimes, flares comes up and uh, there will be fight. And uh, what the consequence is going to be? Suspension one game? I don't know. But, you know, you can never stop two players from fighting despite whatever consequence you want to put together. Okay, and, and, and ending here, one or two more. Who was the best pound for pound? The best pound for pound, who was it? Ty Domi. Ty Domi with his height and his weight at 200 pounds to fight the heavyweight that he did. Low he center of gravity too, eh? Low center of gravity, Mike. He was, hey, can he yeah, take, but, can he take yeah, a punch? Tony, he could take a punch. He, uh, he, like, he was 
like one foot like below everyone, like give it 50, 60 pounds from from heavyweights, and he was one he was one of the best. At pound for pound, he was the best. He was amazing. I um obviously you know you know in Montreal we all love Chris Nyland, right? Because he was he was a very, very smart fighter. He wasn't a big was, man was, either. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't I didn't see him. Yeah. Like it was not like in my era, I didn't see him enough. I saw Domi a lot, but I didn't see Chris Nyland a lot. So I, I knew I he was a baller. That. Yeah, I, I knew he the, was uh... a gamer, a baller, but I never really I never yeah. saw him, and I never played against him. Yeah, so, I love the uh, I love the Cordic Miller fights. Those were those were great back in the day. But once again, I I just um, you know I I George I you know call me a wuss or call me soft or whatever. But I, I just I worry that you know punches to the head, CTE punches to the head, somebody could die. Yeah, but you know, Tony, and no, how many with- George, George? How many fighters hate? hated their job like yeah but tony we all did i hated i hated it too but today there's no more of those guys guys that are fighting now you like talking about pillows they throw pillows when they fight they don't know how to fight anymore there's kill guys that are fighting tony there's no more big heavyweight that are throwing bombs forget about it there's no more danger man fighting now is safe it's not like it used to be before. you know you know you know whose career was cut short because of fighting was Adam Denmarsh. He got into a couple of fights, and uh, he was a good player, Colorado Avalanche. Got into a couple yeah. of fights, got into a couple of concussions, and a couple of concussions. And anyway. what? what ended Nick Caprio's career? Uh, he got knocked out, I think, and his face hit the his face hit the ice. I think he got and split open. Cheap shot by Jeff Bukaboom. Yeah, cheap Jeff shot. B- yeah. See, cheap shot, cheap shots. Yeah, I understand, but I mean. You know that happens. You you gotta you gotta you gotta suspend players for a very very long time. You gotta suspend them. That ended, when Chara, uh, when Chara almost killed Pacioretty, was it a fight? No, cheap shot. Oh, you think it was a cheap shot, eh? Oh my God! When I talked to Pacioretty, he told me that he felt Chara holding his head until he hit the board. He felt he couldn't move his head out of the way because he felt the pressure holding his head to make sure he was going to hit the side of the board. Pat already told me that. Wow. All right, because, you know, years later, we hear Tichara's teammates and nicest guy, nicest guy. He would never do that on purpose, this, that, whatever, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And the guy, I, the, I, the guy almost died. I, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I said that back then. I say it now. I remember the game before that. Pat scored the winner in overtime. He ended up giving... Uh, Chara a push in the back Chara didn't like it, wanted to come after him I think it carried over into that next game The Canadians were winning that game uh, There was a few seconds left And I, I, I think Chara knew exactly What he was doing Anyway, yeah. at the end of the day, only he knows, right? Because he, yeah. only he knows Yeah, that's right Hey, time flies when you're having fun Hey, eh? This was a lot of fun I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did Yeah, it was fun, it was fun this I have is... more energy when I'm sitting than when I'm laying down Hey. Eh? I have more energy when I'm sitting than when I'm laying down. Yeah, because when you're laying down, you're knocking one out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you knocking one out? What are you talking about? I've never knocked one out before I talk to you. Do you think when I look at you, I feel like take knocking one out? <laughs> Tony, I respect guys that go this way, but I don't go this way, okay? George, the knockout artist, Larac, that was it. <laughs> That was it. Oh, my God. All right, George. Hey, you can listen to him at BPM Sports Monday to Friday, starting at 11 a.m. and ending at 1.30 p.m. All right. Have a good one. Le Monde de Georges is what it's called. And uh, there's a lot of people that are watching right now, George, that I'm sure are, if they're not already listening to your show, I'm sure they will. Have a good one, George. Take care, buddy. You too, brother. Nice talking to you, bro. All right. There you have it. Uh, Marinero, uh, another shout-out I'd like to give, of course, to uh, Playground, the major poker festivals. They're back at Playground. The March Million features 10 ring events and a million dollars in guaranteed prize pools, including a 400000 guaranteed main event play in Playground's March Million Poker Series from March 23rd to April 2nd. Visit playground.ca for details. What a game we just saw tonight at the Bell Center. The Montreal Canadiens lose in a shootout by a score of 4-3 to to the Carolina Hurricanes. 
And how fitting, when all was said and done, it was Jesperi Kakanyemi who scored the winner in a shootout. What a shot it was. The Canadians back in action now when they host Patrick Kane and the New York Rangers a couple of days from now on Thursday night at the Bell Center. And then the Canadians will have two more in Montreal before going out on the road for another three. They'll then um, play uh, New Jersey Devils on Saturday at the Bell Center and the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions, visit the Montreal Canadiens next week on Monday. And then the Canadians go on the road where they're going to be in Pittsburgh, they're going to be in Florida, they're going to be in Tampa, and then Tampa Bay comes back here. And then the Canadians will go to Boston. Anyway, I'm not going to give you all the games, but I just, I almost feel like I just did. I gave you about 10 of them. That's it for me. I hope you enjoyed the sick podcast. I think when it was time to be serious, we were serious. I think when it was, uh, you know, uh, time to maybe throw out a joke, we did. And uh, we had a good laugh with George Larac. Uh, why don't I take why don't I take a couple of questions? Why don't I take a couple of questions? Why not? Throw them out here. Sammy, if you can, why don't I take uh go two or three minutes here? Instacustoms.com. Montreal should model themselves after Carolina. They're legit cup contenders for at least the next five years. Plus, they have one of the best prospect pools. And I would also say one of the best modern day coaches. And I believe. I'm talking about Rob Brindamore, and I believe that Marty St. Louis can become that guy. So, yes, I like the question, and uh, I'll even take it further to the coach. Next. Why would the Canadians even consider taking Drew Wayne back? Well, uh, they're going to be a rebuilding team over the next couple of years. You're probably, you know, you're looking at a one-year deal and probably not a lot of money. So um, those could be reasons, but... Then again, look, I understand why he's playing well, too. The pressure is off right now, and it's always easier to play better in that situation, too. So if you're thinking that, I'm thinking it, too. Um, Look, I didn't think it was going to happen. I still don't, but I think there might be a better chance than some of you probably think. Next. I wouldn't bet on it either way, but I think there's a lot better chance than some of you think. Uh, Haroon. Hey, Tony, where do you see the Habs finishing and drafting at? I see them finishing... Uh, 28th overall drafting. I mean, you know, I'll go with the fifth pick next. Is there a player you would have liked to have fought yourself? Ooh, uh, Sean, uh, there's, uh, I don't know if there's a player I would have liked to have fought myself, but there is someone who works in the media that I would, uh, I would, you know, if we can raise some money for charity, I'd get into a ring with Jack Edwards. No doubt about it. Next, let's try and raise some money for charity if we're going to do it. What's the best pasta sauce in your opinion? Marinara. Come on. It only goes without saying. Even if I didn't think that, I would probably say it. Next. Um, has there been any Cole Caulfield contract news it looks like uh, they're going to meet this week or next week, and uh, I think you know they're they're close. Next, who would you target as a UFA this summer? I'm not so sure I target any UFAs. Next, I still think it's going to be another year where the Canadians are not going to be a playoff team. Uh, Matheson is getting better every time I watch him. Steal and a Montrealer to boot. Uh, this coming in from Le Habitat. Yes, a real steal, a hundred percent, a steal. I love Michael Matheson. Next. Do you think Connor Bedard to Columbus would be a perfect team for him? I want to see him in Columbus more than I want to see him in Arizona because I don't like what Arizona has been all about over the last couple of years, and I don't want to see him there. Not to mention that they already have Logan Cooley. Could you imagine Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard? Either a, a punch at one-two center or maybe Connor Bedard playing wing on Logan Cooley's line, but I'd rather... I'd, I'd rather see him in Columbus, you know? And I don't want to see him go to Chicago either, who won three cups, and they had Kane, and they had Taves, and then they did the rebuild, and now they've they've torn it all apart so they can have a best chance at drafting Bedard. Uh, I would take him going to Columbus over Chicago and going over Arizona if I had my way. Last one. If the Habs draft Connor Bedard, or the Habs making the playoffs next year? Um, I'll say no, but the year after, 100%. That's it for me. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. It is 11.06 on this Tuesday night. Marinaro, I hope you enjoyed the podcast with George Lorac. 
We tried to give you some laughs. And uh, by the way, what he was saying about intermittent fasting and all that stuff, he's not an expert, all right? He's not a health practitioner, neither am I. Based on some of the research that he does, he gave you his opinion. I gave you my opinion for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, I saw him go eight days without eating. I mean, uh, this guy's a phenom. But once again, you you have to consult with a medical doctor before you're going to do anything like this. He does it. I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, I can tell you that pretty much uh, for certain. Have a great night. Ciao, ciao. It's a sick podcast. And I am Tony Marinaro. Me. Only one Marinaro. Only one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.